Shaking Stevens tells us it's a time of year to celebrate. <laughs> you remember the song. Time for parties, celebrations, people dancing all night long. Time for presents and exchanging kisses. Time for singing Christmas songs. It's what Shaking Stevens thinks it's all about. <laughs> well, for many of us, if we think that's what it's about, actually we might be finding it difficult to celebrate this Christmas. Because Christmassy things like that can seem pretty hollow when we're struggling with different things in life. And I'm aware, obviously, that people here this morning, maybe from many different places visiting, uh, it's great to have you up with us if you're visiting friends and family. We are so pleased that you're able to join us this morning. But uh, for many of us, for those of us who are here in City Church, it's been a difficult year this year. Um, it's been a year when we've lost two people who are very dear to us, Dan uh, and uh, also last week our leader, Arnold. Um, and of course, for family and close friends, the pain of that loss is even more intense. We would dearly love them to be here with us today. And of course, different ones of us, wherever we're from, might really be struggling things with things in our lives too. You know, we might just think, actually, I don't feel like doing Christmas this year. I don't feel like celebrating. I, what's to celebrate? The thought of pulling Christmas crackers, telling jokes, wearing silly hats might, for some people, be difficult. Of course, people are in different places. And actually, even those of us who are grieving may grieve in different ways. And for some of us, actually, we might still be very much looking forward to those things. But we've got this kind of nagging feeling deep down inside, well, maybe we shouldn't be. It can be difficult. It can be difficult. If Christmas was just about the Shaking Stevens version about nostalgia and snow and parties and kids playing, well, really, there's not a lot to get excited about. Maybe we might just have to grin and bear it. Maybe we pretend we're enjoying ourselves for the sake of the kids. Many people actually do that. But the Bible takes us back to what Christmas actually is all about. And uh, the theme that we're going to look at today has actually been my theme as I've preached at both carol services here uh, about light shining in darkness. It's I mentioned yesterday at Shirecliffe Carol Service, here last week at the North Carol Service. And uh, actually Arnold mentioned it a few weeks ago as we were meeting to just talk about Christmas, the meetings and plan those. Arnold was in our elders meeting and he mentioned that theme as well. It kind of came out there. He was going to be preaching at some of these meetings. So we go back to Isaiah chapter 9, which says this in verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Isaiah has been previously talking to, about a people who are living without any hope, with no hope at all, and who turn to all kinds of other things to try and find hope. If you, you only have to go back, and we don't often read in Isaiah 8. We don't actually want to look at the darkness. But here's a few verses from Isaiah 8. This is the darkness that the people were living in. Maybe people who are living uh, amongst death as well in the, in the land of the shadow of death. It says this in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 19. It's uh, very depressing. When men tell you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, why should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead? On behalf of the living, to the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. 
Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they'll become enraged. And looking upwards will curse their king and their God. And then they will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. And they will be thrust into utter darkness. That's the situation of a people living without hope. That's the situation of a people who are coping with issues and things to do with mourning and grief. and But they don't have any hope of God. And they turn to other people and they turn to spiritists and, and, and mediums and they're trying to consult the dead. They're trying to hear from the dead themselves for some sort of hope and they can't. And they're, and they're hungry for, for some hope and they're hungry for some truth in their life and they roam through the land and they just become more and more hungry and then they become enraged and their anger comes out. And then they curse God. The God who is the only one who can bring that hope. And they're thrust into utter darkness it's dismal stuff it's dismal stuff but Isaiah doesn't leave it there he says into this hope into this into this distress and this fearful darkness a light has dawned a hope has dawned Isaiah was writing about the future here he was predicting something that was going to happen 700 years hence he was writing about the future but interestingly he's he puts it in the present tense he says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Isaiah saw it so clearly. It's coming. It's real. It's not pretend. It's so certain. A great light, a great hope was going to dawn. And he says it's as though it's already happened. And in verse 3 he says, you have enlarged their nation and increased the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. There's rejoicing among these people who are walking in the land of the shadow of death. There's rejoicing because there's hope. They have hope. It's not even come yet for them. It's not even come yet, but there's hope. This isn't some way of shutting off the realities of life. It's not just pretending for the sake of the kids or for the sake of anyone else. It's rejoicing in the hope of God whilst living in the land of the shadow of death. The two go side by side. In verse 6, Isaiah goes on and says, For to us a child is born, present tense. It's not happened yet, but for him it's happening. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He wasn't born at the time of Isaiah, but he has been born now. That's what we're celebrating this Christmas Day. The birth of Jesus, the wonderful birth of Jesus, the wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, And the Prince of Peace. Jesus has been born into a world full of darkness. And the light of God and the hope of God has dawned upon a dark world. But of course, the darkness hasn't completely been banished yet. Yet John says in chapter 1 and verse 5, and let's look at the ESV version of this, says... The light shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not 
overcome it. At the carol service, we use the NIV version, which actually translates it, the darkness has not understood it. That word can be translated in both ways. Often the darkness doesn't understand. People don't understand about the light. But also here, and I believe both meanings are valid, the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Both light and darkness are present realities. They're very real to us in our lives. And at the moment, even today, even as we gather here today, we see both. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, the light coming into the world. Yet we know, we know that we're mourning. There's pain, there's sorrow, there's such sadness, very real. But which is greater? Which is greater? John says the light is greater. The darkness has not overcome the light. Sadness and sorrow and mourning come into our lives and they intrude. But the darkness hasn't overcome the light. I got a Christmas card yesterday from uh, Bless Anne and Catherine who a part of us as a church, they've flown out to India now to be with their family over Christmas. They sent me a Christmas card as, as a family, and they said this in the Christmas card. May the God of all comfort give you encouragement at this paradoxically difficult and joyful time. And I thought, actually, that sums it up. He's the God of all comfort. And he gives us encouragement, and we We walk and hold the two things in tension. It's a difficult time. It's a difficult time. But it's a joyful time. We can't allow the darkness to overcome the light. There's real deep sorrow that many of us are carrying. carrying, And we're not pretending. And we're not just brushing it aside. It's a difficult time. But that doesn't overcome the light It doesn't overcome the joy because there's a real life and light of God coming into the world, coming into our lives. And that is something we can celebrate and we can honestly celebrate it. We don't celebrate consumerism. We don't celebrate gluttony this Christmas time or drunkenness or TV specials or parties or Santa Claus, but we celebrate Jesus. He's the light of the world. He's been born into our lives. He's intervened into the hopelessness and the despair. That is a reason to celebrate. And we celebrate here this morning. And we can celebrate that the whole day. Whatever we do. Because that's at the center of the day. And that's at the center of our lives if we know God. He lives in us. That joy, that light is in with us. And he brings with him God's promise of the future. And that is still not yet here. But it's as certain as the promises of Jesus coming into the world that Isaiah was holding on to. That hadn't happened for him. But it was certain. For us, Jesus has come. And he will return. And there's a future. And you know, that's as certain as Isaiah was hoping for. A future that's described in Revelation 21. And verse 3, which says, now the dwelling of God is with men. It's present tense. He's describing it as present tense. It's real to him. It's still the future, but it's real. It's as real 
as, I, as the birth of Jesus was to Isaiah. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And Revelation 22, 5, verses we've looked at before, there'll be no more night. They'll not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they'll reign forever and ever. Isaiah spoke to people living in great darkness, and he spoke of the light of God that was going to dawn. John speaks to us of the fulfillment of God's plans. And again, he keeps putting in that present tense, but it's real. It's not happened yet, but it's real. The light has dawned. The darkness hasn't overcome it. In fact, it will get stronger and stronger until there will be no more darkness. There'll be no more need for a lamp or the sun because the darkness will be overcome. So today, as the people of God, God's church, we must look at the situation we're in. We must be honest about it and real about it. But then decide, what reading of our experiences are we going to live by? Are we to look at the darkness and the hopelessness and dreams shattered and conclude God's forgotten us? Are we going to be an Isaiah 8 people who turn to all sorts of things and find nothing but despair and distress and hunger and end up cursing our God? Or are we to remember God's mercies in the past, to remember that he is present with us now and to look and remember his promises for the future and to look forward with certain hope paul says in first thessalonians chapter four he says this brothers we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And he says, therefore, encourage each other with these words. Encourage each other with these words. Those people whose loss we are sadly and sorely feeling today. Those people who we would long to be with. We will be with them again. We will be joined up together with them in the air, meeting the Lord Jesus Christ. And we look forward to that day. And it's a day that's coming and it's as real, it's as real as the promise of Jesus' coming was to Isaiah. The darkness, sorrow, grief and pain are very real, but this hope is so real too. And so we're not like men who grieve because they have no hope. We can rejoice and celebrate today in that hope. Not in empty sentiment, sentiment, but in the truth of the light and hope of God which has come into our lives. And we praise God for that. So my prayer today for us all is that we will be able to celebrate and have a joyful Christmas day. 
Let's pray together.